Welcome to yet another edition of After Further Review with John Pelkey and Mark Ferreira and our great engineer and the man who makes this work, Jeff Taylor. I am John Pelkey. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about, uh, well, the story that we're going to continue to talk about throughout, which is uh, when will sports start playing again? What will the changes that they have to bring to the table? uh, What will they be? We're also going to talk a little about the NFL draft. We'll talk about our poll question that we asked you, top five quarterbacks of all time. We'll get into the argument that um, that, that uh, ensued when that uh, poll question was brought up to one of the members of this uh, broadcast group. And then we will uh, talk about the next poll. Remember, this is the first of our three-day-a-week podcasts. And Mark Ferreira, this, yes, is, sir. this means that we actually have to pay attention to how long this is going. So I'm yeah. starting my clock running right now. There it is. Well, I, I've already started it. I started it at the music, John Pelkey. So, well, I, that uh, would have called me to – I should have done it then, but then once I started talking, it was multitasking, and that was not going to happen. And I and I get that. And that was a good call of yours to, to so, not try and multitask because then the open would have been much less clean than it was. Yeah. And I will give you credit because you had a few things to do in the open. You had to welcome all of us, and yes. then you had to tell everyone – what we're going to talk about, which yeah. hasn't happened in the previous four episodes. It, it hasn't. <laughs> we're trying. It's a working process. So I'm 30 seconds into the show, and you're, what, about a minute 15? Well, I'm actually – I did the uh, – the not the stopwatch, but the timer. So I'm at 43-20 right now, and, and it's going backwards from 45. All right. Well, there you go. Close, close enough. And uh, anyway, Jeff Taylor, how are you? Let's ask that first because before we get into all of that, we have to find out how – our social distancing is going. So I'm going to start with you, Jeff, because we haven't heard from you. How is your social distancing, your entertaining yourself, your dealing with your shut-in situation going for you at this point? It's going great. I I, uh, I know I hate the fact that we're doing this because there's a terrible disease out there, but I'm getting a lot done, man. Oh, yeah? Nothing that I'm getting paid for, but I'll tell you right. what, it, it pays for itself and, uh, you know, good feelings for me and the fam getting stuff Understood. done around the house. Nice job. Nice job. So so you're you're uh, investing a lot and and building a lot of credit up among uh, among you and yours. Yes. Yes. I'm making my wife happy. Hopefully, although she's like uh, Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) I'll tell you, though, but it is there. there, It it is palpable. Everyone can relate to this. And it's such a Niku cliche about, you know, happy wife, happy life. But my goodness gracious. It makes you all know, the difference when, when in the world. When my better half is happy and she is in a really good mood and, and her, her sense of humor is on point and she's laughing and she's just so joyful, there is nothing like that. Like You know what I mean? It's like everything in the world is fine as long as she feels good. I mean, it's true. It's a true thing. Yes, yeah, so women make blue. the world go around. Don't swim against the current. Yeah, I, th- I mean, but I, I think that's true. Of, don't you think of either side of a relationship if you – work to try to keep each other happy or does it just not matter for us and i don't think it matters okay all right that's, that's probably fair because I, I don't just think live it matters on the knife's edge i just live on the knife's edge of hoping <laughs> i don't do anything that makes my wife physically assault or or kill me that's 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 the knife edge yeah that I, I, I mean I, I i understand that and i'm i feel like to, to your point i it's a, it's a different metaphor but it's i i feel like i'm hanging on by my fingernails yeah, you know i yeah. literally feel like i'm hanging on by my fingernails for 
for 18 years at this point in time. So, but yeah, I, I don't think, cause there's plenty of times, John, where I, where, and Jeff, that I have been very happy about something and it doesn't translate. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just no, I think translate. that's true. I, I think that's true. I, I, I do think that's true. Once I said it, I thought, no, wait a minute, this is just stupid. Sometimes you just have to say things to know that they're stupid. Unfortunately, uh, far too often I do that in front of people. So, all right, well, let me ask you this question. Before we get into the sports thing, we have, need to have a little bit of discussion about how we're entertaining ourselves with binge watching and listening to music because all of this and filling out um, also uh, any of those Facebook lists, you enjoy those. I've lost John uh, I do, I do. I know that there are people who don't. Uh, you know what I don't enjoy? The people who feel the need to comment that they don't enjoy the lists. Then just we, shut up. No one cares. I agree. We, we, we've talked about that. If you really don't enjoy the lists, which I don't, right. just keep it to yourself. You don't need to yeah. then get out there and say, oh, I don't do this. Right. I mean, that's silly. I agree. But uh, I'm not – I don't – every now and then there's a list that intrigues me, but uh, you seem to enjoy every list that comes your way. <laughs> I don't. I don't do every list. I just find some of them entertaining. It seems every list that comes your way, you're you're uh, reposting. But that's just me. That's just well, how yeah, I – you, you feel free to unfollow me uh, if, if you like. But uh, it, it, goes, it really – It goes from zero to 60 like that. With it, it really – well, I'm just saying, for as for anyone, you don't enjoy the list, then just unfollow the people – who are listening or just you know, scroll over it and don't, I, I'm sure you, here's the thing, Mark, I know you well enough to know you read the answers to my list. You just don't want to chime in. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't, I, I normally read it. It depends. It depends on the question. It depends on how, how it's going. If there's the first three or four questions, you know, I might, I might be done, but yes, I do read. I I'm on it. And that's the thing. I keep all that, all those opinions to myself. But if we're talking about it now in the show, then I'll let you know what I think. But I'm not okay. going to, you know, go on Facebook and say, well, these lists, they just, what are you doing? You know, I'm oh, not going to do that. I know. I know those, those people, those people, really. Could, those we, people. There, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole show to be done on the archetypes during all of this. <laughs> that's people, a great the people, idea. The people who are constantly on every five minutes needing reassurance that they're not at death's door, that, yeah. That, you know, all society as we know it uh, isn't crumbling around us, which which, by the way, it is. Or they um, can't sleep. And they, so it's like insomnia alert. Oh, my God. Ask everyone who else is not sleeping. It's like, geez, look, freaking wheeze. Really? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. anyway, anyway, that that's, I don't know that's why bug, that me, bugs me so much. <laughs> this really all comes down to something that we didn't talk about last week, which is odd because it's seeming we were on for, I don't know, two hours. Um. But that is, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time listening to music during this because you don't want to have the television on all the time. At least I don't want to have the television on all the time. Jody and I are right. uh, are binge watching Shit's Creek and a couple of other things. You know, I'm dialing into some of my documentary stuff and I'm watching some, yeah. watching some replay sports. But I'm listening to a lot of music, but full albums. And I started doing that when I got a turntable last winter. But I've been doing it even on... Um, even on streaming services, something I hadn't done in a long time, which is listen to albums from beginning to end. And this uh, this is kind of uh, reminded me how important music has been in my life. And uh, between that and the lists on Facebook, Mark and I came to an impasse about (laughs) an album. We have to. We have to discuss this because you did yeah. the you did that old uh, poll and I'd done this one a while ago, which is the 10 albums that someone uh, shared. I, I don't want to do that. But then someone it was uh, my very, very, very good friend, Mark Nichols. You don't want to let uh, people down. Well, no, he put he he tagged me. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> he forced so, you. He forced you to do it. And he I did. find he forced I actually, me, Jeff. He did. 
I actually find those kind of interesting. I, I like that because I like to know what people and, and mainly I thought, so I can mock them if I don't agree with them. And I thought six out of the seven were 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 quite good. And and at at see, this is the thing with that one. It was about the albums that that meant a lot to you. And I, I went chronologically in my life. Like yes. when did I when did I first come on to you know All popular valid. music that I liked? I mean, I, I we we had show tune albums at the house growing up. We had Sinatra albums. We yeah. had even some. Uh, we had the the Supremes singing Rogers and Hart. That's a great album, by the way. Um, growing up, but I wanted to do when I when it was sure. mine, you know. And, right. and the first one was the Red Album with the Beatles in '73, where I just came on to all that stuff. And then okay. I, I tried to do it from there, you know. The okay. Stones for me was '78 all, with some girls, anyway. But all, so all anyway, that's all I'm trying to give some context to it, right? Not necessary, I know. Uh, but 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 fine. Uh, and, and that's all valid. And I did the same thing back when I did. I remember the first album I ever bought with my own money was the Beach Boys Endless Summer. So I put that down as an album that was important to me. Blah, 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 blah. And all that. But what it came down to was you put the Billy Joel album. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm I'm innocent. An innocent man. An innocent man. Which I consider the worst Billy Joel album, which, um, you know, in in the period from when I started. But the first Billy Joel album I purchased and I'm a big Billy Joel fan was The Stranger when it came out. Phenomenal album. Right. So that came out, obviously, Just the Way You Are, big hit, moving out. And I picked the album up then. And from that point forward, I every Billy Joel album, including An Innocent Man, with the exception of Glass Houses, for some reason, I never had that. I think somebody probably gave it to me on tape or anything, but I had everything else in my old vinyl collection. But I just never really got into that album, An Innocent Man. And uh, I think That's the main fair. reason we, de- we determined was that I think that song is as bad a song as has ever been recorded. No, I understand that. And, and, and I would agree. F- first of all, let, let's put it this. It, at the time, I listened to that a lot. It was 83. It was uh, early in my, in my uh, living in New York City. And I had just uh, done my first season of Summerstock. And on the jukebox at the bar after the show, you know, tell her about it was on there. And so it was one of those things where I just kind of got into it and then just sort of realized what a giant he had become with all Mm -hmm. the previous albums prior to that. And then having this just break all these records. And I was just into it. And then all these other songs just kept coming out. Keeping the Faith came out. Uptown. I mean, I didn't love all of them, but they just all these hits after hits in Innocent Man, Longest Time. So I, I, it was just an important album at the time for me. I don't think it totally holds up, but I will say the longest time I do feel is a is a is a great Billy Joel song, and uh, an innocent man I will give you is a don't little precious. That. Is a don't little precious. I know you don't. I, Uptown I, Girl I, can it seems I like a here? novelty song to me. Can yeah, I hold on, here? just a second. I was going to say Uptown Girl seems like a novelty song to me, but I think some of this is all colored by the fact that those videos were permeating. Um, MTV at the time as sure, well. Of course. So we were being not only hearing them on the radio and sometimes, uh, yeah. uh, you know, distance lens perspective or, you know, uh, whatever you want to use as a metaphor for that, but we heard them a lot on the radio and then saw them. So that might have something to do with it. I, but think, Jeff, you- I think this is your greatest hits thing. I think that you don't like popular stuff. And this, I'm looking at this album, the tracks, this is a phenomenal album. Eh, whatever. Even Easy Money, which uh, oh. that's the theme song to the great movie, correct? Uh, wow, you've lowered the bar and great, sure. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that it is from from that movie. I don't like that song either. You don't like the movie either? 
I, I don't. I haven't seen the movie since it came out, and I have little or no memory of it. Dangerfield. Uh, Dangerfield is is yeah. Great it's pro- I'm just probably pretty funny because I enjoyed Dangerfield back in the day. But we just wanted to get that on the record, and if people yeah. want to chime in on that, my we fought pretty Joe, hard on Facebook. I'm on chiming yeah. in. I'm on. I'm on Mark's side on this one. Okay. All right. When you're and Jeff, by uh, full disclosure, Mark and I are uh, we battle it out yearly for the uh, worst bass player in Central Florida. And Jeff is actually a quality musician. So maybe his opinion should be uh, taken. Now, some of this may have to do with the fact that as far as doo wop is concerned, I'm kind of picky. So that may very well have. There is a lot of doo wop. Yeah, it's it's kind of his, uh, you know, homage to that. And I'm fine with all of that. I just don't think 52nd Street's my favorite Billy Joel album. Um, I like Nylon Curtain a lot, but I just just never never could get into that. And I wanted to l- give people an opportunity if they want to chime in about the show, either on our Facebook page or podcastafr at gmail.com and let us know what they're listening to and how they feel about it. And, and uh, we're going to try, album. even though we've gone past our time for the opening bit, it's okay. um, we're, we're going to try to get to a mailbag section at the end if we get to it, whereas we get to people's responses from the previous episode and we can we can, you know, give you a chance to chime in if you disagree. And, and right. we have one of those if we get to them today. But um, yeah, I think that's important because, you know, I'm sure people have strong opinions about this one way or the other. And Jeff f- feels one way. I feel one way. You feel the other way. Right. And people are watching a lot of movies, watching a lot of television series, listening to a lot of music, rightfully so. There's a lot of really cool stuff out there. The the upside of this, there's a lot of cool stuff out there as well that you can uh, streaming stuff from theaters and uh, movies are being released online. So this is it's a big subject. So even though we went over our allotted time with this, I think it's important to talk about. We want to know. I, what I think I think you're right. And I think that's a, a, a very good call because it is interesting to see how people are dealing yeah. with the uh, health and the wealth anxiety, uh, dual anxieties of this particular uh, disease, because there's, you know, far more people are worried about how they're going to make money than they are about their health at this point right. in time. But there's still, it, it, it's, it's remarkable how, uh, you know, how deadly this is compared to other infectious diseases. And right. uh, so obviously that's a huge concern. And um, it, it seems to me that most people, 80 to 90% of the country are vigilant about this thing. And that gives me, that gives me hope, you yeah, know, and, think- and there's some great stories out there about people you know, helping each other out. It's, it's, you know, if you look on the bright side of this thing, uh, there's some, there's some real inspiring, um, and not just an American kind of caricature, but, uh, or character, but, uh, just human, yeah. just a human, uh, outreach, uh, helping others in need. It's, it, it can be heartwarming if you can get out of the grim reality of it sometimes. Right. So we have to, yeah, we have to look for the things that uh, that give us uh, a level of uh, enjoyment in a in a in a stressful time. And one of those things is sports. So Indeed. let's segue to nice job. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> it's a work in progress, that? people. It's a work good. in progress. Nice segue. But, well done. Uh, uh, changes in sports uh, when they open because the, the you know discussion of when is still such a uh, there are so many um, there's so much information that we need before these decisions can be made. But uh, some of the things that are being talked about and what I want to uh, discuss a little bit today, uh, Mark, is I heard an interesting interview with um, Mark Teixeira, former longtime Major League Baseball player and now announcer. Uh, and I think Mark Teixeira does a great job. And they've been talking about what we talked about, uh, I believe, a little bit last week was Major League Baseball has floated a couple of plans and seemingly the one that is most um, most oft considered 
workable is the what's being known as the Arizona plan, because there's a plan where teams play in both Arizona and Florida. That doesn't have much traction at this point in time. The stadiums are not as close together in Florida. Um, so that probably that's not going to get any traction. And it's going to start course, raining in Florida. Right, right. There, There is that. Um, but the Arizona uh, uh, idea of sequestering all the players in one area, kind of putting them in a bubble and letting them play out in Arizona. Um, we, we talked about that. There are obviously a, a lot of issues that would have to be dealt with as far as uh, what about players' um, families? Would they be able to bring some family members that they have been um, isolating with? There are players whose wives are pregnant, then they would be giving birth at that possibly at that time. So those issues uh, notwithstanding, Teixeira was talking about some of the other things that Major League Baseball might want to do in relation to both speeding up the game, which I know, Mark, you and I have some strong opinions about that, and also things like Teixeira brought up the fact that for an, a um, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock game, the guys are getting to the stadium like six hours ahead of time because of all the information that's presented to Major League Baseball players. And for people who don't know, I mean, they are watching video of pitchers and hitters. There's a lot of information that's exchanged prior to a game. And Mark Teixeira's point was, you know, maybe maybe that's not something we should be doing at this point in time. We can get a lot of this information remotely um, and maybe guys should only show up, you know, two hours before a game to limit the amount of time that they're around one another. And then the other issue that, again, I brought up Mark and I said, I think I know we both have strong opinions on is the speeding up at the game. I just wanted to get you what your feelings on if if Major League Baseball does come back, let's say in August, trying to get as many games in as they as, as they can. Can they shorten the games up? Are there things they can do? Because Teixeira was even talking about playing only through 10 innings and then much like hockey, there's a, there's a tie possibility that it ends in a tie. And at the end of how many games you play, you know, you, you just use ties as, as well as wins and losses. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Hockey got well, away think, from that because nobody likes it. Right. Nobody but I mean, this ties, is, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, but the, we're dealing with a situation now where we may not have a lot of choice. We, they may need to shorten the games up to try to get more of them in. They're going to play maybe double headers and things throughout this. So I just, I, I just thought that was interesting to share talking about the time the guys get to the ballpark and a lot of things like that that uh, will probably need to be addressed. Mark, Mark, Mark has, a, has an affinity for a sport that has a very good idea already about this. Don't, doesn't women's softball only play seven innings? <laughs> yes, I have an affinity for that sport. And uh, well, you used to. Well, I, I I'm, again, Taylor was not playing when I had Taylor's affinity. Mark's daughter. Again, no Twain Hart Radio. <laughs> Taylor, my daughter, uh, was not playing softball when we talked about the affinity I had for the sport. I okay, just I, I think women's sports are very interesting, and and mm-hmm. I and I I know I'm in the minority there with this, uh, you know. Semi, you know, misogynistic. Uh, uh, no, no, I mean, really. No, I'm sure radio, you put in a lot of time watching. You put in a lot of time watching women's softball on TV. I know that about you. So at any rate, you're in, in a terms women's of what, softball fantasy league. I know. Yeah, you're just you're you're way on top of that. I don't I'm not in. Well, I am in a couple of fantasy leagues, but, you know, I'm not very good. So I think that tells you how much time I spend on them. Um, the thing about it is, is that 
there's a couple of things. First of all, with the the speed of the game, you know they've done a, they've done a lot of things in terms of trying to uh, speed up how much time a pitcher takes in between pitches. Right. I think there, that's a viable a way to do that. But the other stuff, though, John, I don't know how they're going to control it unless they literally say you have to have a pitcher in here for at least three outs. Because the right. way that the would be limiting, gone, limiting pitcher substitutions, they've uh, already yeah, done that. Right. That, that rule is already you, in place, isn't it? I don't think I don't think I think an out. I, don't, I think maybe you can't just come in for a for, uh, you know, no, no, no. I, I, I think I think I'm going to look this up right now because I do believe the new rule is is that they have to face a certain amount of batters. Well, again, they're going to have to continue to do that and be even more vigilant in, on that. And that's going to be tough with all of the analytics in baseball right now, because the way they, and that's part of the thing about how many hours ahead of time it is. It's like, there's only so much you can do to stop that part of the game, unless you t- completely shut it down. Now they're not allowed to have any electronic devices outside of the Astros in the, in, in, in the dugout. Well, I don't they're think they were allowed either though. I mean, so the, <laughs> no, the, no, I know they weren't given a waiver. The new rule, the new rule is that both starters and relievers have to face at least three batters or pitch until the inning is over. Okay. So, so you can't, you, so, you can't bring in the lefty righty lefty in one inning. And that now was instituted for regular season as well. Because yes. I know some of these they tried. Okay, because yeah, in some of the things they tried season. out in spring training for a bit. And, now uh, this hasn't. This is just. The, this will be new this year, correct? Right. So, I think that's. I think that's about the only thing you can do. And if and at at some point in time, you're going to have to probably expand on that. But I think the the thing that keeps the game longer than it should, in terms of me, because I don't mind different bringing in. That's just how the game has evolved. But when pitchers take forever in between pitches it's like right. do, do it dude work faster you just have to work faster sorry you just have to do it i i i having thrown a ball quite a bit that's a hard thing to say because those guys are putting 100 percent effort into throwing that ball every time they throw that ball you got to kind of like t- shake it off and take a second before you get back in there and throw it again. That's true. But I mean, there are guys who are known as human rain delays for God's sake. Yeah. When I they're mean, standing there shaking off pitches for, for a few minutes and right. clearly clear. Yeah, I, I, I wish they wouldn't do that, but. And I think, and I think part of it, Jeff though, and uh, is that what they need to start doing. If major league baseball really wants to deal with it, then that start, that needs to be part of uh, a, guys training in the minor leagues everything is that you know what we can't this is the amount of time you have between pitches and that's, that's just part it. of your training just it's and, just like what football's done with with relearning how to tackle that you don't lead with your helmet anymore you lead with your shoulders it's it's that whole thing you start early and you say this is how long you have you need to deal with it because yes jeff there is you have to have some time but there's a spectrum of that and you need to stay on this side of the spectrum because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it that does part get of it. the game is like, well, it's like doing? guys stepping out. It's guys stepping out of the box and having to adjust, you know, you know more armor than you would have in an, in a jousting festival. Uh, those sort of things are, yeah, the things that you need to stay on top. I and mean, they've done that to an extent with batters stepping out of the box. That's that's been limited, and guys are learning a little more about the, the fact that. Uh, the game wants to move in that direction where it's just this leisurely pace is great. It's one of the great things about baseball. But again, for this specific season, the issues are trying to pack enough games in to have a viable season before a playoff tournament 
And uh, that may require, as we've talked about, Mark, and something you and I would really enjoy is uh, double headers. Then you you really, if you're looking at that, you may need to, yeah. and also playing on you know without days off, essentially, right? Limit limit the length of games just as a logistic issue. I, so, I, I mean, that- I, I think these are all interesting, and I thought that to share a point about guys getting there really, really early was that so necessary? No, I, I think that's a very interesting thing to explore with the right? remote ability to watch all this video at home. I think that I yeah, that's true, and I think the real issue though, in terms of if it gets started how it gets started to your point. You always say this, follow the money right now. The stars are going to make, are going to make some noise in terms of them being able to just, you know, want to decide how, how and when they want to do it because they don't have any financial constraints, but believe it or not. And I know this is silly to talk about people that make a minimum of 600 grand a year. There's still that issue with the rank and file of major league baseball. And I would say this even more so with football because nothing's guaranteed with with those kinds of rank and file players is that they're going to want to get the thing going and executives yeah. are going to want to get the thing going to, to 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 make some money. People are bleeding fortunes out right now. Right. And th- that's going to be the impetus. And so they're going to figure out a way, John, to that that satisfies health officials, that satisfies advertisers. And it's it's go, it's going to happen one way or or another. And if right. it is all in a bubble somewhere and and some people have to deal with um, a wife that's pregnant and doesn't get to see her husband for this. I mean, I think they're going to, you know, maybe have exceptions for that. But I think those things are going to happen because at some point in time, people are going to have to make money. So they're going to do whatever they can that satisfies all those requirements, health officials, advertisers and the like. And I don't know what that is. And I think they're just throwing out test balloons, you know, and seeing what the reactions are. And I think we're going to get seven or eight more of those before they land on something. And I think, again, for purposes of doing what we do and what people do uh, on sports talk radio and television is uh, the discussion is going to be about, to your point, the trial balloons that are sent out there. And I think one of the the things that we're seeing is when some throws out an idea, there are probably still a half dozen to a dozen. Um, things that perhaps they haven't thought of uh, because it's, it's impossible to wrap your head around all of it. Uh, and uh, so luckily for the sports, luckily or unluckily, I guess, I think they're going to have uh, at least until the end of May to think about it. Also baseball uh, to come up with a decision. Baseball is uh, basketball. Excuse me. The NBA is talking about the fact that if, and when they come back to play that they need about a 25 day period between when guys can start working out, get through uh, for 10 to 11 days. They're talking about 25 days, 10 to 11 days of allowing guys to work out uh, on their own. So then they're going to need 14 days after that 10 or 11 day period where the, the, where the players are uh, working out on their own to have a uh, like a training camp, a pre return to business training camp. So that's, that's what they're looking at. So the bottom line is an additional month on top of when yeah. the decision is made. So, I, yeah. and I think we all thought that that would possibly be, you know, that it would three weeks. We were looking at three weeks. So they're going a little over the three week period. So that's some of the, some of the, uh, some of the things that are being talked about right now. It, it, it is pretty back. interesting. It I is hope pretty they come back, Johnny. I yeah, mean, I'm not pretty damn sad if nothing comes back. Yeah. I, I was, wasn't really, um, particularly, uh, uh, confident that we would see the NBA and the NHL. Um, 
But uh, people are working very hard on coming up with contingency plans. So we shall see. Now, there is actually, Mark, a live, uh, air quote, sporting event coming up. Yeah, I know. And they have they have stayed the same with that date. They have not hedged from that date. April 23rd, and, the NFL draft. Yeah. And I mean, it is it is pretty amazing how they are, you know, and speaking of people who are working hard in terms of how to ensure against uh, inadvertent mistakes because everything's done virtually. And if someone's not as tech savvy as the is one GM is not as tech savvy as the next guy, you know, what are they going to do? We've seen teams miss their draft pick in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, wonder about that. And so I think people are going to have a lot of rope, a lot of leeway in terms of that. But I think it's awesome that they're going to do that because, you know, if everyone's in their own house, social distancing, isolating, who cares? And apparently uh, Roger Goodell is going to be uh, doing his part from his basement. What do you, what do you think the square footage of Roger Goodell's basement is? Um, the city of Orlando, I believe. I think. I roughly. Think, about roughly. 377 I, square miles. I, I, underground I believe, catacomb. I believe that's where the, bo- that's that's where what, the bodies are is. buried, people. That's where the bodies are buried. So now Anybody? outside, Johnny, of, you know, physicals and things like that for, for the folks like uh, like Cam Newton and others who have been Tua even too. Yeah. Um, well, they, I think they yeah, they can take physicals, right? They, they're, they, they've been doing because I, Tua's physical didn't turn out particularly well. They can do I, all of that. I but, don't think they have lately. I, well, I, I, don't. I know that I know that uh, the the information on Tua that they that it was said that he failed uh, some teams physical. So I don't know how that may have been at the combine or it may have been. No, uh, no, no. This was no recent. a physical. A physical just takes a doctor and the guy. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that that's something they can't do. Yeah, I think that's going on. Here's here's where uh, from what I'm hearing, here's the biggest issue. It's not necessarily with the Tuas and the Burrows of the world, but it's those guys who weren't invited to the combine who really, really, or didn't attend, really, really rely on those workouts at their school. Those are the things that aren't happening, or they're happening. Oh, you mean the, the pro days? The pro days at the school for, uh, for the guys who are uh, uh, some of the big-name guys who don't want to go to the Combine. And then for those guys, because there's a finite amount of people that they can invite to the Combine, and there are a lot of guys who don't go who eventually end up playing on NFL rosters, and they really, really require – days at regional or at, at their own school, depending on what the situation is, workouts. And those are the things they can't do. And I think that's from what I've uh, heard over the last couple of days and read is uh, that's where teams are most trepidatious about their picks is that a lot of these guys to, uh, you know, you build your roster, not just from the draft, these undrafted free agents, many of whom didn't get the combine and they're not yeah. getting the looks at these guys. And and that's the truth. There's 30%, John, 30% of the NFL is undrafted. Right. Which is remarkable that three out of 10 don't get drafted. And those are the guys that uh, are, are going to be falling through the cracks. Like anything else in this whole virus, in this whole pandemic, it's the least among us, you know, are yeah, the ones that get course. affected the greatest. Right. And right. in the NFL parlance, it's the undrafted free agents. Um, I, I'm reading some stuff about Tua and Cam, and I haven't seen anything past like mid-March in terms of uh, any physicals. But regardless of that, I think this draft, you know, and we've talked about this, Jeff and John, we've talked about how much misinformation and disinformation is out there. I mean, it is that people are lying through their teeth. At this, at this time of year in terms of what is out there and people that have reliable sources 
they often get thrown under the bus as well because people are just not telling them the entire truth. And I think personally, I think I don't know if it's coming from the Dolphins or not, but I think that there's a a huge uh, disinformation campaign right now to try and uh, have Tua's stock drop that he is brittle and injury prone. And um, I, I think whoever gets him is going to be very, very lucky. I mean, there's plenty of examples of kids that were injury prone in college. The one that comes to mind for me is Frank Gore with two ACLs. Right. Um, and that now he's had a career. What did he, what did he just turn yesterday? His birthday. How long has he been in the NFL, John? Uh, he's been in the NFL since 1943 and uh, <laughs> came in during the war. Uh, just and, turned 97. Uh, no, Frank Gore's had a remarkable career. And I, I wouldn't even say injury prone. It's just dev- a couple of devastating injuries to Frank Gore. Right. Um, and, yeah, and so I, I don't know. I think, you know, do you think his stock is going to – because the, what's out there, it, there seems to be a plethora of information out there that says he's brittle, that says he's injury-prone to it. And I think personally, if you look at his stats, when he is healthy, and yes, that is a when-if, right? Uh, he's a once-in-a-generation guy in my although, opinion. Although although does, does the fact that those teams still do so incredibly well – Without him, does that not factor into those stats? Do people not say, "Well, is he not a system quarterback? Is is the is playing for Alabama not a, uh, a red herring of sorts of of how good I mean, a guy I guess is?" You know, Jeff, I think that's always a, a, an issue, but I think that's mitigated somewhat by uh, uh, when it, when it, and and sadly, I think this is there's uh, there's a bit of bias towards it, but when you play in the Southeastern Conference. I think there's an idea that that's the best football conference and that that mitigates that to a certain extent because, yeah, you're part of a, a great system, but also you have to execute that against players who are playing, in theory, at a higher level of, uh, of, of competition. You're playing in a higher level of competition. Yeah. Than guys and, John, as you know, you know, Nick Saban's had a lot of quarterbacks, and they haven't been Tua. No. So there's been a lot of quarterbacks in that particular system yeah, he fits not, the system. Have not been close to to his uh, success level. Right, he's a really, really smart kid, and he really, really fits. He fits the system, but then he has this just sort of extra added physical ability. People talk about once in a generation arm and all of that. Listen, I just want to switch gears on this a little bit because I, the question that I have for you on this, and you know, obviously, quarterback the most important position in football, maybe the most important position in sports. Is it better? Because there is this there's this battle that if you know, there was this discussion that if you don't take to it and it turns out, well, oh, my gosh, you missed on him. What's worse, missing by not picking a guy or picking the wrong guy? And I think it's picking the wrong guy. Because I think if you were going to error, it's the same thing in a way, though, right? I don't. But is it, though? Because here and here's my argument that picking the wrong guy is worse. If you pick a guy and let's take Josh Rosen out of the out of the uh, conversation, because he is the, how many teams have ever given up on a, a first round draft choice? Top who's top 10, wasn't he? Top five, maybe. Uh, and they gave up on him after one year uh, to go after Kyler Murray. Sure. But still, that that's very uncommon. And if you draft a quarterback in the first round, particularly high in the first round, you, you almost have to give three seasons to him. Whereas if you miss on a guy, you always have an opportunity to find somebody else in a, in a, in a draft, in the next draft, or to go out and get somebody a free agent. I think it's more detrimental. 
incremental to pick the wrong guy because I well, think that uh, I mean that, I that's a good point about the three years is wasted. I agree, but if you miss out on a gen- once in a generational talent, then now you know the odds sure, of you, the odds of you getting that back in the next two, three, right. four years is. But you can find a quarterback that you can you can find a quarterback that you can win. Uh, you can win championships with. I think Dan Marino was a once in a generation uh, quarterback as far as throwing ability went and playing the position. Um, but it was proven out that the Dolphins were unable to win a Super Bowl with Dan Marino, n- not his fault, clearly. Um, but but it's like the Bears, John. It's like the Bears with not only did they pick the wrong guy, but they missed on the once in a generation. Well, that's that's guy. different. Now 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 that's a that's they, they that's picked the Mitch Trubisky win. and didn't pick Patrick Mahomes. Right now or that's Deshaun that's, Watson. That's the double whammy. But I think my question is, if you have any question about Tua's, uh, and it, and it is valid. Uh, the the injury thing is valid. No one argues with the talent. But are you I better think, off yeah. just not? picking him and saying, you know what, if somebody else does and they roll the dice, but we can't roll the dice because we can't lock ourselves into uh, the money and three years yeah. at minimum to, to, to try to, to fit this square peg into a round hole. Right. For lack of better. I, I mean, I think that that's a, a valid question, but if you're the Miami Dolphins, it's three years anyway. It's a three-year right. development sure. plan anyway, and why not have him sit a year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who – uh, and again, my overall, how, how long? My, uh, my, my overall question about it, though, isn't necessarily about just the individual and the Tua situation. I just started thinking about, yeah, you I don't want to pass on the guy. Worse. Be, I, I think missing on a guy oh, I think is, picking, I think is picking the wrong picking guy the wrong is worse. Guy. Jeff, break this tie. It's hard for me to say. The The fact of the matter is that in an NFL draft, you have a shot at – picking four or five guys that have this kind of potential and only one of those guys is going to be an absolute miss. If you look at, if you look at the guys that get taken in the, in the first round of a draft, most of them end up having solid, uh, at least three or four year, uh, runs. Well, within four years, Mark and I did this research a number of years ago at the ESPN club, and it is a decade or more old, but we looked at, uh, first round draft choices and the we we mark what was our bar for success four years later are you a contributor to the team that drafted you which is a solid starting player yes exactly and i and i think if you're number one overall you have a you have it's uh the statistics have been really really strong with the nfl Mm -hmm. over the last two decades but first round is not the same it's about 50 percent it's yeah. about 50%, right? And the rest of the guys either, you know, some of them have moved on to other teams because, you know, it was a good trade and they, they went on to be decent players. And we tried to look, look at that. But about half of them end up being marginal players at best. And so missing on a first-round draft choice, it, it, it is damaging. But I will still argue that picking the wrong quarterback, take everyone else out of the equation, picking the wrong quarterback to me is more of a millstone around your neck uh, for success, I, well, I'm, I, I I'm think, in the middle. I think I think if you miss yeah. with I think if you miss with a top three pick, and the number twenty five guy goes on to be a Hall of Famer, 
then yeah. you then you have no uh, egg on you. But again, face. I'm separating. I'm separating passing on the uh, passing on the the the. the but it is sort of the, the same thing. thing, though, isn't it, John? Like the Niners pick Alex Smith, right. and they miss on Aaron Rodgers. Now, Alex Smith, it wasn't a total millstone. You know, he ended up going to a. a no, once know, he had the right coaching, games. he played quite well. Yeah, but he wasn't a once in a generation guy. To me, I'd rather risk it. You know what I mean? I'd rather roll the dice and risk that I that I pick the wrong guy than miss out on a guy that I'm on the other side of franchise. I'm on the other side. I want I want people to chime in on that. Then I want people, football fans, to chime in on that. Would you? Would where would you err? And I would err at least for myself. I would err on the side. Of, uh, of of not picking a guy that I had questions about. So, I, I like so let me ask it's, you it's this: a good question. If if you if if you take the pass on a guy like Tua, are mm-hmm. you going to take another quarterback, or do you say, "Well, All I mean, right, this isn't on, my time on a quarterback. Let me get take a really good player at a different position." Well, and I mean, I think try you, later. I, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, if you if you pass on a guy like Tua and pick another quarterback and they turn out to be a bust, then that's the double whammy. But if you pass on them and take, you know, a left, an offensive tackle, a defensive lineman or whatever the case may be, and it's a, it's a solid contributor, uh, then I, I think that that's a, at least a small win for you. So for you, John, for you in this draft, if you're the G, if you're Brian Flores or the mm-hmm. GM for the Dolphins, yeah. you're sort of erring on the side of where our uh ardent and loyal listener Lisa is where it's like, let's not risk picking the wrong guy. Let's do something else. You would, you would pass on to a probably. I right? would probably pass on to a given the really relative limited amount of knowledge that I have about his health right now. I mean, because we have to do to your mark, to your point, Mark and uh, Lee Corso said it better than I ever could on stage at the ESPN club. in one of the great moments where he said, yeah, most of what you hear from these teams is bullshit. And there is a lot of that. That, that was great. There, yes, it was a great moment, and it was absolutely one hundred percent true. He wasn't so just given what I, either. If what, <laughs> if what uh, I think the draft show went away uh, for other reasons at that point, um, no, but I, they, I, they got I, upset with the word. I, I think uh, uh, if if there are and indeed, let's just pretend that there are legitimate medical questions uh, on to. I would probably pass on him, and particularly if I were the Dolphins, where there are any number of needs. If you're a team that that is the only need, big time need that you have, or that the other needs that you have, the guys who are there don't uh, justify that high of a pick, then perhaps you roll the dice. But I think Miami needs good football players and I think they're trending in the right direction. So it would be my choice to pass on him uh, because I would hate to pick the wrong guy, and then right. get locked into that. Because they, I they think they may that very well trade down, Johnny, to get a bunch more picks. Because tomorrow, I mean, uh, next year's draft class for quarterbacks is supposedly even better. So, yeah, absolutely, they may, they may want to get you know five or six studs that they could rely on in the next five, six, seven, eight years, and uh, you know parlay those three first round picks into you know ten, whatever it is. So, um, it's that, interesting that, that e- easily could be the case with with the draft. I I cannot wait for that. That's my favorite part of the draft, by the way. Yeah, is the. Uh, is the wheeling and dealing within the draft. Yeah, I we usually don't have a lot of those, so, so anytime we do. Yeah, when we do have those, it's amazing. We, we don't be, have those. Will that be limited Why? this year because people are nervous about the technology Maybe. and everything else? It's like, wait a minute, I said this. I didn't say this. I would think... <laughs> you know, I would think are they going to be... Are they going to air on... If I'm going to make... If I'm going to make a, uh, a a guess in that way, I think most teams err on the side of being cautious this year. 
Probably, probably. That would be my guess. Whereas I think as a GM, now maybe some GMs whose jobs are on the line are like, look, this is the weirdest thing ever. I can at least, if, if I do swing and miss, I can at least look back and go, well, I mean, can we, have a, can we have a mulligan on this? Because no one has ever gone through it in this way. I've had to uh, not had the uh, ability to meet with these guys and work them out. So I think that that could go either way. But now this does segue into last week's poll question a little bit as we talk about quarterbacks. Mark. It does. And, it does. Uh, I, I do want to defend myself <laughs> to some degree. Okay. And, and, and you said it, you know, I agree that it's low hanging fruit and it, and it's sort of similar to what we just asked about favorite players. And right. the poll question was, who's your, who are the top five quarterbacks of all time? You know? And I think, you know, my whole thing is I listened to Beatles channel on Sirius uh, satellite and uh, they would do the hundred, the top 100 Beatles songs. And they would, the way they would determine it is they would get all the listeners to, to rank their top five. And then uh-huh. they would, and then they would disseminate it from there. And I thought, you know, we've been having twenty-five to thirty responses. I thought we could disseminate some things, right? right you know, and we got three responses, <laughs> right? Right. And I'm we got argue, three, and I you're, you know, too, too low-hanging fruit. And I yeah. thought it was just too rote of a question, yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of a difficult one too. It's always a fun discussion, but to me, it's a discussion that's had probably far too often. So that's why I wasn't. A hundred percent behind this question, uh, but you—it's uh, a you greatest hits. <laughs> I know it is a greatest hits thing, and John John yeah. hates John I likes really deep do. cuts. He's a I deep cut guy. I don't like greatest hits. Uh, he doesn't like greatness. But here are my top five in order, if you don't mind. Go go for it. Oh, I mind. mind. All right, well, then we won't do it. Let's just have. <laughs> Please go ahead, Johnny. Brady Montana, Unitas, Elway, Graham. It's a pretty good one. That's hard. That, that's that's mine. Hard I, I finally moved Tom Brady up above Joe Montana, even with the Montana 122 pass attempts without an interception. I just think the number of games played in by Tom Brady, what he's been able to do, I, I think it's hard to argue against him being the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Brady and Montana, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any argument. It's 1A, there. 1B. With, with I, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. I think that an argument can be made for Joe Montana. I'm just now making mine for Tom Brady, but I'm, I'm willing to listen. And I would put Elway third. I would put Unitas fourth. And I would put, believe it or not, Peyton Manning fifth. I'd have Graham sixth and Marino seventh, I think. But in terms of top five, uh, Graham would not make the top five, uh, but Peyton Manning would. Uh, Seven you know, championships for Otto Graham. I mean, four of them were in the AAFC, but seven yes. championships for Ottawa. And Brand. I believe he went to 10 straight championship games. Yeah. And uh, there, there is no question uh, that he was remarkable and uh, played out Paul Brown's system. Yeah, maybe maybe the, the best. Degree. We talk about a system quarterback, not that totally. Autogram wasn't uh, a talented guy, but just a guy who fit a very cerebral guy, All-American, out of Northwestern, smart guy, moving into Paul Brown, who I think we all agree, and I think the NFL oh, yeah. did this, and the most influential guys of all time, Paul Brown is number no one. Doubt. Oh, because yeah. most modern football, as we know it today, with scouting and uh, platooning players and everything, he, he essentially invented all of that. And, and offensive systems as well. He was the grandfather of all of that. You know, Bill Walsh uh, coached with him uh, as, well as many others. So I would put him sixth. I would the, the reason why Pey- Peyton Manning, first of all, he um, not not just the regular season phenomenal success, but the fact that he went to a separate team 
And even though he was at the end of his career when he finally won a Super Bowl with a second team, he yeah. set records and was an MVP with that second team prior to that before he really, you know, was done. And he won two he won two super he won Super Bowls with two different teams. I think that's remarkable. Yeah. And uh And he and, won two he, AFC he, championships with uh Denver. He did. He did. And, and once once two, they got blown out by Seattle and the next time they beat Carolina. Right. And the thing about Manning too, and you look at the Manning Brady rivalry, Manning got the upper hand a good amount of times. It, that yeah. was not the narrative for many, many years. But if you look at it from 40,000 feet and you look at their cumulative careers in the playoffs against each other, Manning fares quite well, believe it or not. But I think one of the things so is if you look, if you look back at those games, if it's like watch the games, that, that whole argument about uh, the measurables and watch the games is that uh, – Sadly for Peyton Manning, there were a couple of games where he threw the untimely interception. Oh yeah, the, the oh, yeah. bad turnover. Yeah, and uh, but the yeah, Mark. To, and to your point, a couple of those Colts teams, particularly against the Patriots, I, the Patriots were just better than the Colts. They were a better right. coach team and a better all around team, and it had a lot less to do with Manning. But he just did have a couple of moments, particularly in some of those early years against Tom Brady in playoff games where he would just throw the untimely interception or the team would have some other type of turnover offensively, or they would just stall. If, if so I'm I think not that's mistaken, probably. I think Manning has a better cha- conference championship record against Brady. I think it's like three and two. Yeah. And remember, there's a one with Indy where they were down 21 to three. Right. And they came back against the Patriots. And then I think twice in Denver, they beat the Patriots in championship games. So, right. um, anyway, I would put him in the top five and, um, and that's what I would do. We, we, you know, we had some other uh, respondents. We had three other respondents. One of them voice memo, and um, I guess this is the time to to listen to that, Johnny. We're almost at the end of the show. Absolutely, let's hear it. Let's hear Lenny. Hey guys, it's Lenny from Greensburg with my response to this week's poll question. Here are my six greatest NFL quarterbacks: five A and five B. Otto Graham played ten years, ten championship games, seven wins. Johnny Unitas, who owned virtually every record when he retired. Brett Favre, who broke all of Johnny's records when he retired. Only player ever with three consecutive MVPs, two Super Bowl rings. Number three, Peyton Manning, broke all of Favre's records when he retired. Two Super Bowl rings, five-time MVP, 14 Pro Bowls. And number two, Joe Montana. Need I say anything about this gentleman? Same as my number one, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Sorry to all you Miami fans, but you got to give this guy a little bit of credit. <laughs> Love you guys. Stay safe. And now back to AFR with Mark and John. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, all right. uh, Brett Favre only won Super Bowl champion. He did. He yeah, went to two. One. Only one. Went to two. two. So two NFC championships and, uh, yeah, one, one Super Bowl championship. Yeah. Um, Favre only falls out of it for, for me because of the risk-reward of a, of a Brett Favre. Is that yeah, no, yes? I, I agree. He he is right up there. He's a top ten for sure for me. And yeah. um, and he got to a couple champ. He lost a couple championship games in overtime on interceptions on his interceptions. But you know the fact that he got those those Vikings to that championship game against the Saints in New Orleans and it got that that team to overtime. That was uh that was pretty remarkable. He had a you know remarkable career. 
Yeah, ab- no, absolutely. And he's one of, if you had to win one game, you know, in any given time, he's a guy you certainly have in the, uh, in the discussion, but uh, I kept him out of my top five. And we had, uh, you know, a couple of other listeners who chimed in as well. Um, you know, Montana and Brady are up there. One of our listeners, uh, Marino, is number one. See, I think the benefit of not winning a championship, you, it, it's he gets bumped out of the top five. Uh, now, great pure passer, guy to throw the football, great, great, great uh, quarterback in every way except for the championships. And I, I, I think you have to you have to downgrade him slightly for that. I agree, and and he, you know, he didn't have very good defenses. He didn't have very good running games. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but he had some mediocre seasons as well on his end, where his uh, interception to touchdown ratio was pretty mediocre. And yeah. they had some bad teams for a while there. They had a, a cup. They had a, a six and ten. Ooh, that's that's the timer. That's the timer. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, think so, he was served particularly well by some of the assistant coaching of the Dolphins at that yeah. time. Coordinators, they, offensively and defensively, I think hurt him. They had a couple, you know, they had a couple eight and eights in there. A couple, and there was one six and ten in there, and uh, you know, pretty mediocre stretch. But yeah, he's a top seven, top eight guy for me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what's next week's poll question, Johnny? Next week's poll question, and I I kind of like this one is if you could win one championship as an athlete, what would it be? Now this can be a team sport. Maybe you want your name on the Stanley Cup. How cool would that be? Um. It can be an individual sport. You'd like to win Wimbledon or the Masters or U.S. Open. We want to know you can only win one, only one. What would it be? Do you want to be on a Super Bowl champion team? Do you want to be uh, a uh, win the World Series? It's not now not MVP awards, guys, but a championship in either uh, as a team member in a league or winning a specific event, U.S. Open, tennis, golf, Masters, golf, Wimbledon, something like that. That is our poll question, and you can log on to our Facebook page and uh, answer that, either Mark or my individual Facebook pages, or even better, you might hear your na- your uh, voice on the pod, leave us a very short, try to keep it to 30 seconds, Yes. answer to that, uh, what championship would you like to win, and that's at podcastafr at gmail.com. And uh, just a, a little tease for me, I'm you know more more of a team sports kind of guy, right? And so that that's where because you don't have to work lead. as hard. You have to work as hard. No, I think you have to you have to you have to be more collaborative. You have to be more collaborative. You you know you um, can't be a comedy all, bully. What's that? Can't be a comedy bully. You really can't. You 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 need you, you need to um, you know you need to be a good teammate. Okay, mine's an individual sport. Go figure. Yep. Not a surprise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's it. What, what uh, championship would you like to win if you could only ever win one? And uh, and I don't know if we'll have time for to get to the mail mailbox, but but we have um we we have people already chiming in, John, on future topics, which is pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, sport sports figures you love to hate, favorite fictional sports figures. Those are those are great topics. Chime in as well yes. with anything. And, and uh, we did have a specific question about whether or not we would draft Tua if we were Miami and I chimed in and said that I probably wouldn't knowing what I know while you know observing that what I know or admitting that what I know is fairly limited what about you Mark would you take I, it I said I would take him okay. once in a generation and uh, and I gave the Frank Gore uh, example of uh, someone who's injury prone in college and to your point John it was two devastating injuries it wasn't Nick's you know, being right. nicked up here. You have and a shoulder here, sort of ankle a, here, yeah, right, or yeah. a wrist there uh, is what we're hearing too with him. Do we have time for a, a, a final response to something that happened last week? A letter to the editor, if you will. 
I don't know if we have time for that, Johnny. I don't think I don't I don't I don't know. You you had the you had the clock, but you it was desperately want to get this in. You it have you have all the time in the world, buddy. All the time. All right, Mark, you want this so badly. Well, I I think we should. I think we I'm should. I'm trying listen to set to the it. bar where everyone will be disappointed. Can I? It, so can I make a I suggestion here? Can we put yes. this one on hold for the next show? Because I feel like this is going to need more than just a couple seconds of it response. Okay. After and we're at like 56. And it's or evergreen. Right it's an, it's Let, evergreen. It can it can definitely. Uh, and reminding everybody, we'll be back on Wednesday. Yep. This bot will be up today. We're recording here on Monday, uh, and we will be back on Wednesday. So we can revisit it, Mark, when we have a little bit more time. We don't Perfect. have to battle it out over uh, that, that horrid Billy Joel album, yes. uh, Innocent but Unlistenable. No, or we, we spent a lot of time on that today. Listen, All right, we'll, unlistenably Innocent, is that the name of the album? I believe, I believe that's, that is the, the name of Billy Joel. the album, and I have so many thoughts about that, but we will save those. As well as other responses to previous episodes for Wednesday's show or even Friday's show. It's three times a week, folks. We'll be back Wednesday. You've been listening to AFR. Every